You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2023, Why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile, you'll get their unlimited plan for 50% off. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash save. That's mintmobile.com slash save. Hurry, offer ends January 15th. Hi, I'm John Taylor. You're listening to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to part two of the Attacking Scrum podcast, uh, and as always, part two is heads up, where we have a look at the uh, kind of big issues within Welsh rugby and what we got coming up. And there's only really one place to start, which is uh, which is high tackles. We kind of spoke about this at great length last week. Predicted that there was going to be a bit of chaos, and uh, so it's kind of proved. So we're uh, we're going to kind of start with that. Dan, have you uh, you managed to, to catch much rugby this weekend? Yeah, I saw a fair bit of rugby. I put a little put a little post of this, and it's been absolute uh, carnage, which you probably hate. <laughs> yeah, um, but it has been, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a bit of a mess. Well, it's more than a bit of a mess, but I suppose I wasn't predicting it to be this messy in week one of yeah. uh, of these uh, of these you know, the reinforcement of these directives, as I think is the official wording of it. Yeah, it's causing it's causing utter chaos, isn't it? Um, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do something about it. Will they? Though? I think they got to. There's got to be there's got to be some sort of some sort of change. I think yeah, I think what we said last week though is kind of it's a um, you can expect the the kind of shock and awe shock therapy type stuff for a while in the hope that it does that it does change the game, but. You couldn't really have picked a more chaotic weekend in terms of incidents. So uh, it's likely to go. It's likely to go on and on and on, though, isn't it? 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. Playing as devil's advocate, the you know the reinforcement of the rules was put in place to to change the way that the tackles are made in order to avoid this. You're not going to suddenly be able to change the game mid-season. So I don't know. Maybe it will level out after a bit of a while. What do you What do you think, Ollie? Are we set for long-term chaos, or is this going to kind of level itself out a bit? Um, it's hard to see how you're not going to get a sort of longer-term impact over it. I mean, like I said, we've had the first first weekend of of sort of league games or whatever. We're about to go into the European Cup games and things like that, so it steps up another notch. And obviously, Six Nations. I think we're only going to see more of this, surely. I mean, I can't see... Like you said, the, the whole point of this was an attempt to sort of uh, sanction really hard and an attempt to change player behaviour. It's mm. like, you're not going to do that in, yeah, in a couple four of days. days. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's hard to see how... How it can. Yeah. How it can. Yeah. yeah, and that number of high-profile uh, incidents over the, over the weekend, I suppose the, the biggest was... Was in the uh, was in the English Premiership with uh, with Barrington getting sent off. You know, all as our kind of resident expert on the on the Prem. What did you uh, what did you make of that one? Um, yeah, I mean, this was it was kind of a classic perfect storm really it for was, the first really. weekend of this. It was um, a particularly bad looking and bad generally really double tackle in terms of. Um, uh, Brad Barrett and Rich Barrington from Saracens uh, both clocking Jeff Parling on the head as he yeah. carried the ball in. Um, the result of which was nothing happened to Barrett, who made the initial hit in the f- uh, in of the tackle. Mm. Um, Barrington gets sent off. Um, it didn't look like he could do anything, though, did it? No, I mean that's the thing. He he was he was sort of the second guy in, um, and they just had the RFU just had a ruling on it today and. They've essentially said that well, they've gone and banned Barrett. Mm. So because I mean his his tackle uh, for anyone who didn't see it, it was a it was kind of um, a big swinging arm type tackle, legitimate. But he's going high on the chest trying yeah. to target the ball. And but he's up. he's got it he's got it wrong and essentially clocked Jeff Parling across the jaw really with his forearm. Probably not the guy out doing that. Um, and then Barrington's come in to obviously kind of follow it up. But the impact of that has kind of knocked. Uh, Jeff Parling into Barrington's shoulder it looked horrific on TV and it certainly did make a big impact but as you say it uh, didn't look like Barrington could do much about it um, and that's kind of what I think the panel have said mm. as a result of the ruling today Difficult though isn't it you know, a play, player like that playing his 100th game for, for the club not someone who's particularly yeah. a high, you know, he's a household name of Saracens fans but yeah. not someone you'd say is you know, a star-studded lineup. You know, on his day like that, it, it will be remembered for yeah. for something that is, is yeah. you know is really really difficult. I don't think there's anything he could have done there, and it was a nasty, really nasty injury. Yeah. yeah. And as we said before, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to be seeing those. I just don't He's know. He's history as well, isn't he? Parling, yeah, 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 yeah. But a guy who's that tall, ducking yeah. into a tackle, Barrett has got it wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just think that there has to be. This is why I was kind of calling for the common sense and the power to be with the referee yep. to make a call on it. Referee didn't have a choice, did he? Yeah, under, yeah. under you know a televised game on on Saturday, and you can almost hear him apologising to him and going, "Okay, right." Yeah. The directive we've been given is you've got to go. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely a difficult one. I I, I think if you could if you sort of remove the Barrington 
second bit of it from it. Barrett's here, and that's clearly what they've ruled today. Looks like, regardless of what you think of the boy, it looks like the sort of thing that they're trying to get rid of. Mm. In a, you know, with this new kind of ruling, it's just it's become very difficult. And it apparently has since emerged that there's TV footage that the the video ref and the ref couldn't see at the time, which shows how much um, the initial hit from Barrett deflected um, piling into Barrington. Yeah which isn't immediately obvious from the footage that they showed on TV, which made it kind of look worse than it is. So it's sort of almost as though the ref with the available kind of uh, footage Might have made a different call. Yeah, well, if he'd seen that, he might have gone, OK, yeah, that is accidental from Barrington, which is, seems what they've come out on the side of now. But if I he doesn't that. know that at the time, does he have to mm. send both guys off? Because his view on that, with what he saw, was that it was reckless from Barrington, and that's what led to his... his Red for him, but clearly Barrett should have gone. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how long it would have taken them as well to actually, yeah. when they're reviewing, reviewing the yeah. incident to get to that point. It could, you know, it could have taken a, a yeah. fair amount of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. It, you know, they they spend. A, a, I mean, way longer than you'd obviously yeah. ever want to spend during a game, kind of reviewing all that. And even then, it's a kind of weighing it up. Yeah, and you can't obviously in the space of an actual game. You you've got to make a pretty even with the TMO. You've got to make yeah. a pretty quick decision. I saw that. that Adam Jones put a. Put a tweet out saying that JP Doyle is obviously you know experienced ref. Yeah, everyone's harping on about empathy, but he, he you know he, he knows the game and he could he could have he could have uh, could have been a load of cards coming out, but he, he made you know he made a number of the, yeah. number of the right calls and he got it he, he refed it well. I think it was good to see that honesty and kind of in an era where players are very media trained and wary of mm. of speaking opinions and and stuff. Actually, I think it was good to see Adam Jones say no. Actually, this is really really difficult. Put referees in a difficult position, yep. but if you referee in a grown-up manner as as Doyle did, it I doesn't ruin the game. I don't know whether it's a grown-up manner though, because it, a lot of them, it's it's so much, it's so it's so difficult for them, isn't it? And they, it all depends on what their experience is. It's it's a really difficult one for the refs, and some of them will have the ability to be able to make those right calls, but a lot of them, they probably. They're relying on that sort of black and white, yeah. And it's it's there's so many different variables to it that it's almost like Mission Impossible unless you've got, you know, your, your JP Doyle's, your, absolutely, um, your Nigel Owen, you mm. know, the, 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 that quality of ref, um, which is in short supply, really. Which isn't is, it? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the laws aren't making it any easier no, for refs. And we might like. see refs even saying, Do you know what, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be part of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Who could blame? It's going. They're just going to be absolutely slated. The refs. It's a. It's a really, 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 really foggy area. But this is part of the reason. And again, this comes back to obviously it being a bit of a potentially a bit of a knee-jerk thing from world rugby is that this hasn't been trialled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've thrown it in. It's been thrown in pretty quickly. So just before the Six Nations, there's no. No one's got any frame of reference for any of this. That's the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, European yeah. games coming up. Yeah. Strange Six Nations. Yeah, yeah. Then it's on to Alliance yeah. Tour. You wait till you've got eighty thousand people at Millennium yeah. or, or Twickenham or whatever it is. You know, like the minute anything remotely as controversial the, yeah. happens, the refs are under enough. Blood, yeah. yeah, the refs are under enough pressure. And exactly, and now yeah. this is coming. And can you, you know, can you coach, can you coach refs into making you know making the right decisions, or is it just in them? Yeah, I think there's an instinct. I think, like I said before, if you have played the game, you probably have that better understanding of how of what's going through a player's mind at a certain point, which helps you with those kind of fifty-fifty calls or 
having empathy with the players. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's really really difficult, yeah. and these laws are not making it. You know, I think Steve Sandy said it was making the game unreferable, and I don't think it's far off that. Yeah, yeah. I think we get into lottery calls now, where yeah. it's just like, okay, right, well, there's a high tackle. What's yeah. he going to do? Um, so and yeah. for that reason, they 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 need to they need they need to make a change. They need to help. They need to help the refs. Yeah, yeah. they really absolutely. Do. There was uh, there was a couple of examples um, closer to home in the Pro Twelve as well. So Sam Davis, Jake Ball, you probably saw those. Mm. Oh, they looked soft as anything, didn't they? Yeah, very. Yeah, so so soft. I mean, uh, these a lot of those decisions were ridiculous. There's nothing. There's nothing that the guys could have done. Mm. Is there? No, exactly. And like you know, look at that Sam Davis one and just go. There's, n- there's no danger whatsoever as part of that. No. Couldn't get out of the way, and he's it has made contact with the head. He's popped his head down as he's walking off, isn't he? An absolute. You know, yeah. What on earth could I have done? And Jake Ball as well, kind of tackling a bloke from behind, arms slightly high because it, it slid up a bit. But you know, rugby's a game for different shapes and sizes, isn't he? Jake Ball's a big bloke, and this is going to happen. It's the same with Parling. You know, Parling's much taller than than Barrett. There's going to be these kind of things. And I just, well, we've got to do it because unless we want to play everyone who's at the same height, you know, yeah. let's play everyone yeah. that's six foot five together. <laughs> and, it's, um, and that's one of the charms of rugby, isn't it? Is you can have someone who's a who's a, a small player, yeah. um, still have a still have a big impact on a game. Yeah. And you just wonder and think, well, actually, is this something that's gonna uh, that's gonna be to the detriment of that kind of eclectic mix of players you get out mm-hmm. there? So yeah, and I'm fairly certain we uh, we haven't seen the last of this, and lots more of it to come with the Six Nations. But uh, that kind of moves us on. Six Nations, not far away now. We've got some European fixtures coming up this weekend, which we'll look ahead to a little bit later on. But I want to kind of touch now on the Wales squad for the Six Nations, which Howley's set to announce next week. We're going to delve deep into that. We're going to Gareth delve deep into that next week and uh, and have a, a look at those players. But I just want to kind of get your uh, your thoughts on this now, Dan. Any kind of surprises you can see? So we need to name kind of one unexpected inclusion in the side, and and kind of a an unexpected uh, casualty of of the squad. Who's going to make it? Who isn't? Yes, but it depends on where you're sitting, doesn't it, and who you support, maybe. But Cracknell, I'm tipping as your to, surprise inclusion. Yeah, yeah, I'm tipping him to make make the squad. You really rate him, don't you? I do. I th- I, he's he's a quality quality player. Um, and I would pick him to start against Italy in that number six shirt. Yeah, no, you're big, big advocate of him. Yeah. I, I mean, he's been in outrageously good form, hasn't he? Really good form. Um, he is playing in a. He's, he's obviously playing in a good Osprey side, but he's uh, he was fantastic when he was at uh, when he was at RGC, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Very, right, big step up, which he's made. Yeah, convincing. We need we need that sort of a, we need an abrasive we need an abrasive six who's also got. Also got good hands. He's a lump at six foot three. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of um, bit of versatility as well. Can play at eight and seven at a, at a push as well. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. It'd be difficult for him to uh, to step up at eight at, uh, at the international scene. But yeah, he's he's he's, he's had it all before, hasn't he? So. Okay, and uh, who's going to miss out then? Who's going to be your, your surprise casualty? It won't. It's not. <laughs> I I think Will Boyd will uh, will miss out. Okay. A lot of people calling for him to, you know, that he's there. He's definitely there or thereabouts. But I, I, for me, I believe he'll miss out. Okay. Uh, what about Tom Young? Do you think he uh, is he going to make the cut? 
he won't make the cut, no. Really? Mm. See, that's that for me. That's a bigger surprise than than Boyd for me. Do you think? Yeah, the, the the kind of the column inches and the amount of coverage he's gained, the man of the match awards in a you know in a good side in a arguably much more competitive league. I'd say that's a bigger so he's, surprise. So he's in. He's in. He's in for you. I think he does get in. Yeah. Yeah. Ollie. Uh, suits me if he's not. Yeah, I was going to say you're, you're really pleased <laughs> yeah. as a Wasp fan because we all lose like Haskell, Nathan Hughes will all, all disappear. Yeah. So if we can keep hold of him, I'm more than happy with that. Um, I think the only thing he's got potentially going against him is bearing in mind you go obviously going to have Warburton in yeah. there whether he sort of starts not like, in your squad. Um, Tipperick's obviously you know in the in the box seat to get the potentially get the seven shirt. Um, given his size, it's, it's whether or not you want another a seven in there, or yeah. you need some lumpier, lumpier chaps basically to cover your your six eight kind of options. Don't know. I, I my um I might be overthinking this, but I think it'd be a fairly popular decision if Haley was to get him in the squad. I think he'd like to have a look at him. It would be a popular decision. I I just to have too many to have too many back row back row players. Coming in completely fresh mm. and green, yeah. I just with with the six with the Six Nations where we are and where we are as a team, I do think it would be a a pretty bold step. But I I I can't see it happening. I don't know how big your your sort of squad is for Wales or whatever, but obviously Jones for England's big big fan of just bringing guys in, just have a look and get them used to the yeah. setup. So I mean. Uh, like I said, that's rubbish from a Wasp point of view. Yeah. But from yeah. your guys' point of view, it might just give him well, his if, first little taste of. The... If that was the case, they'd release him for the. Yeah, that's true. They'd release that's him true. for the games. Yeah. I mean, I suppose, yeah, I don't know. Um, I know he's not covered by Gatlin's law, but there's no complications with regards to releases there. There might be, actually. I wonder whether he wouldn't be released as early as, as some of the other players. That's a good point, actually. I don't know, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's always, a, bit of a, great, yeah, it's always a grey area, isn't it? So yeah. I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe he's going to miss out, but. I think that would be a bigger, like a more high-profile exclusion than Boyd, mm. as well as as well as Will Boyd's playing, and he's a grubby, dirty animal of a player, isn't he? I like him a lot. Like, <laughs> I get him in there. The more players like that, the better. Um, I've I've done the same thing, Dan. In case you're wondering, in case you, you guide me towards, why don't you ask me? I can't read it. I'm really working at the moment. Why is that? Late nights, is it? I'm still struggling a bit from yeah? from. Was it Monday? Yeah, Monday, Monday night. Yeah, the, uh, the rugby union writers' uh, dinner. Yeah, good dinner. It was a very good dinner. Yeah, <laughs> I went there. Went there full of uh, full of good intentions. You know, I had a couple of couple of glasses of uh, couple of glasses. And of left bread. there full of what? Yeah, full of full of London pride, <laughs> uh, Heineken, red wine, white wine, and uh, I think there might have been a few Guinnesses in there. Yeah, oh, that's that's enough to do it on a Monday night, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I uh, things escalated. Yeah. It was a top night. Well, yeah, that's it. You know, a, a, that heady combination of rugby players and journalists, not renowned for shying away from the bar as well, are they? So, yeah, I think I was only ever going to end one way, but yeah, you know, I'm disappointed not to have uh, not to have made that. So, uh, no, I know next year. That's it. Yeah, after um, after yeah, book the day off. I then, think. Yeah, that's it to uh, to recuperate for that one. Um, but I have uh, I've, I've kind of picked a couple of players who I think are going to be. A surprise inclusion and exclusion. Okie dokie. Surprise inclusion. I think Jonathan Evans is going to get in his third choice scrum half. Ooh. Yeah. What do you make of that? Pick the bones out of that one. He's form of his life. Yep. Isn't he? Oh, I think so. Um, 
couldn't argue with his uh, with his with him being in there. I uh, I think he'll miss out though. But he's a. I really rate him. Yeah, he's got a real, real knack as well as you getting on the, uh, on the, uh, on the score sheet as well. Yeah, I, just he has that lovely supporting line. I just think, kind of presuming that Webby's going to get in there but not be fully fit, he's going to pick Gareth Davis for experience, which leaves one slot open. Lloyd Williams, as much as I like him, is in the worst form of his life, you know, and he'll he'll, he'll come back to form, but he's his kicking out of hand's been really bad. You know, you're. Famed for saying, "Was uh, <laughs> your experience it adds a bit of tempo?" Yeah, yeah. And he's he's kind of not doing that because he hasn't he doesn't seem to have the confidence at the moment. So I think he'll miss out. I don't think he'll go with Thomas Williams. They're a big fan of him, though, aren't they? Who else? Well, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Maybe maybe he will get the nod. Yeah. I just think if you are looking for someone who is in great form and is challenging, if not dislodging Gareth Davis from that jersey. What? Yeah. I'm going to mention someone. Oh, go on. Haberfield. Yeah. Great. Oh. Balls, why nothing of him? Yeah. Yeah, I've really knocked this one up. Wouldn't be surprised if he comes through. Yeah, I take um, it back. Haverfield to get the nod. He's he captains captains the Ospreys as well. There's a really good job when he captains the yeah. side. Um if we're gonna see more a few more different combinations coming in, just have another another leader. Um and he's he's quite a physical mm. presence as well for not a big bloke. Yeah. Um and coming back to my line, he, he does have the tempo. <laughs> so um, it's a prereq for a scrum half, isn't it? He's up in the tempo. No, yeah. you're right. He's been in great form. So I uh, yeah I'd quite like to see that. If I hadn't have forgotten about him momentarily, yeah. as um, you know, as proper research, you know, would have probably prevented me doing so. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have picked him in that, that position. Yeah. But either way, I'll be happy to see either of those in there. Yeah, in the squad. Um, good shout from you. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a really good chat from you, but I'll stick with Johnny Evans just to try and save he's really, face. He's really disappointed. Yeah, I am. I'm yeah, yeah. disappointed. But either way, like, you'd absolutely. I thought I'd nailed it. I'm yeah. a big fan of both players. Like you know, I'm. Yeah. I was. I wasn't happy to see Johnny Evans leave the Dragons first time round, and just seeing the way he's torn it up, you know. And we've got kind of Tavis Noel in dog rough form. Um, you know, I, I think he'd be a good inclusion anyway. Is, Mike, right. is Mike Phillips definitely done these days? Can I squeeze <laughs> him in somewhere? He has retired, hasn't he? Has he, um, has he a lot of people would, yeah, he'd be in that thing. <laughs> he, he has retired. <laughs> and um, this is kind of a long-running joke with uh, with me and Ollie. Our, uh, our kind of friendship dates back a number of years. <laughs> and long before the days of Twitter and Facebook and social media, you know, when you had to rely on the forums and um, and these kind of places... There was very often someone uh, dropping in a line about asking whether Mike Phillips, you know, could he could he do a job on the flank or could he, <laughs> could he play in the centre? Yeah. Um, and I used to regale Ollie with these stories, which used to routinely make you chuckle. Yeah. Which was funny until he did actually play centre in their Lions <laughs> in So uh, yeah, it came true. In the end, that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, presuming that Mike Phillips is definitely retired, and he retired with a bang as well. Post, because um, he said uh, when Willie Thompson was. No, no, it was less about that version of Mike Phillips. And uh, he said to, um, it, was, it was Lloyd Williams kind of kept him out of the side, wasn't it? And he, I think he sent a, he sent him a message on Twitter saying, "Congratulations, you've retired a legend." <laughs> in typical self-deprecating fashion. So, uh, yeah, no, providing he's not going to do a job, I mean, he wouldn't get in on the flank these days. We've got that covered, yeah. but I don't know, maybe in the centre. Uh, the surprise exclusion for me is um, I actually think Steph Evans is going to miss out. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big call. 
Well, here's my reasoning, is I honestly think Howley's going to pick Cuthbert again. Despite the fact, you know, he's got on the score sheet no. a couple of times where he's oh, he will. He's, I can just see it now. I can see the, the BBC Wales headlines, you know, Cuthbert included, and squad as, as Inform Evans misses not, out. Surely, no, 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 not this time. I don't know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's my kind of, my bold prediction for that squad. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen much of Steph Evans at the... Uh, no, I haven't actually. I'll have a really, look. really, really promising winger, and um, like, you know, like, there's a lot of good Welsh wingers at the moment. So, like, Keelan Giles is one who's yeah, in the headlines. Seen, yeah, he's seen like him incredible. Rapid and Ashton Hewitt, who's apparently even quicker. Wow. He's playing at the Dragons. I mean, he's he's rapid as well, but I think he'll miss out for um, being a Dragons player. <laughs> and yeah, I just think Steph Evans will won't get the won't get the nod. He's in for me. Okay, right. Well, we'll we'll see. I don't know. I hope he's in. I really do because he's in great form. If he's not, yeah. If he's not, if he's not included now in the form he's in, I mean, he's been good for a while. Mm. But he's he's better than good. He's better than good right now, isn't he? Yeah, you know. And Scarlets have been. I know money's probably played a part in this, but they've been happy to kind of let Van der Merwe walk away from the yeah. the squad. So he can cover a couple. Of, he can cover a couple of positions as well. Yeah. Though, so. Um, no, I, I think he's. I think he's an awesome yeah. player. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him in that squad. Well, that's uh, why this, not the team. this squad announcements. I always, I always find them interesting, mm. but uh, this is this is it's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, and and we'll kind of see what uh, you know. Howley was roundly criticised, certainly by me and a load of others, for not making bold calls. We'll see kind of how he goes. But um, one place you will be uh, expecting to see Steph Evans this weekend is is playing for Scarlets at Saracens. Is there any chance of uh, of Scarlets getting a win there, or will he? The, the reigning European champions be too strong. It's gonna it's, it's gonna be a little bit uh, a little bit too too hard for them. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I can't uh, can't I can't see the Scarlets getting a getting a win there. I think they'll put up a good show. I yeah. think There's a lot of optimism at Parky Scarlets now, and after a rubbish start to the season, they've they've put together some decent results and have uh, you know got that win against Toulon. Could have could have got more out of that game in the the return fixture. Did a decent performance against Saracens and picked up a win against the Blues and were creditable against the Ospreys. I think they'll give them a good run. I just think that the quality in that Saris outfit will be yeah. too much. The prep, the prep couldn't have, couldn't have gone any better, could it? They're, yeah. in, they're in the best place, but it's just frightening, isn't it? When you mm. look at that, you look at that team, and then you look at the bench. I know. Yeah. Um, so, is it at Saris? No, it's at. Uh, oh, is it? It's, okay. it's, uh, it's in Clonetley, so you know, possible, um, a possible slight advantage there, but. They're a hard team, hard team to bet against Saracens. Oh, I know, even getting out of that game with 14 well, men with it, a draw, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. an extra yeah, yeah, yeah. just below them in the league. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I, I think they're operating on a different plane. I think they're probably yeah. the best team in Europe. Yeah, I, mean, that's not I, think, a, I think you're probably right, yeah. That's not an outrageously bold yeah. claim, is it, considering no, they yeah, won yeah. the double last year. But, yeah, yeah I think they'll be a hard team to, a hard team to beat. Can't but, wait for that game, though. Yeah, I think, that'll be, yeah. I think that's the, definitely the pick of the bunch, yeah. this... Um, this uh, Weekend. If that's the pick of the bunch, I suppose the one that isn't would be Dragons at home to uh, to the Russian outfit NSA. <laughs> another game, another game on the Rodney Prey pitch, which I'm tired of talking about because it is just like uh, you know, it's, it's it kind of sums up where where we're at as a as a team and as an outfit at the moment. I, I don't know what to say out of that. I think we'll probably beat them, but then I said that I said that when we lost to them, so. Yeah, drag, dragons, dragons to win. Yeah, that's it. Although, again, if the weather reports to be believed, that'll probably suit the Russians as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. How, do you follow NSA? Uh, oh, 
I don't really. <laughs> to catch um, much of the Russian league? No, only slight bits. <laughs> when I, I can. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny bit. Um, no, no, the, the, the only thing I can ever remember about them was um, Worcester were going over to play them and they, uh, they were talking about how they'd moved the NSA games to Moscow, their home games to Moscow, and that was further for NSA to travel <laughs> than it was from Worcester to, oh, to Moscow, which sounds utterly ridiculous. It's insane, isn't it? Um, I'm all for trying to expand the game and stuff, hmm. but uh, just logistically, that sounds well, sounds like a nightmare. I think it? I said to you uh, before it came on air, like it couldn't have it couldn't have been a worse draw for the Dragons because yeah. I think it cost them. Like, what do you say it was like? 25, 27 grand or something yeah, like that. something silly, wasn't it? We'd said to me, nothing, nothing good is going to come out of that for the Dragons. Yeah, and sure enough, it didn't. Yeah, it really is a hiding to nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But um, yeah, I, I don't know whether we'll see a big crowd for that one or not, but um, yeah, probably spoken about it more than it warrants. But um, Blues are away to Poe in the Parker Pen. Still no word from them, by the way, about potential sponsorship. But um, uh, Blues get a win there. Blues, yep. Yeah, I mean, French sides notoriously don't give a toss about. Yes. The, the challenge cup. They're going to care about. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Well, you never know. I mean, they, they. I say that. You know, French side won it last year. If there's an opportunity to win it, I just think now with there not being European qualification, I don't know. I don't think it's. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I don't think it's, it's top of the agenda for the French sides. And I expect Ospreys to give Leon a, a drubbing as well at home. Yeah, there'll be a tuning, won't it? I think so. Um, best to have a look at your sides. Oh, Wasps at yep. home to Toulouse. Yep. Should be a good game, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, we, we lost in the last round to Connor right mm. at the end of the uh, right at the end of the game. So it's kind of made it all a lot closer in the group now. So looking forward to that. Um, certainly talking about him earlier. Let's have a look for uh, Thomas Young. I'm sure he'll start yeah. in that one. So again, that's another big game, big European game to step up. Um, um, while we've while we've got you on, mm. you know, I suppose again, vested interest for us would be how Dai Young's getting on. Yeah. Yeah, what do you what are you making? You've seen his whole kind of tenure as as Wasp's boss. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, I've got a lot of time for him actually. He's um, he's brought us through a really difficult period. Mm. As you probably well know we nearly went under as a club, um, and there was all these stories about how he was dipping into his own pocket to cover expenses yeah. and stuff. So maximum kind of um, respect to him for that. Um, but yeah, he's emerged now that we've got the you know got the financial backing. A lot's been made about Curtly Beal and people like that coming over. But he's clearly got a half decent eye. There's some some other people he's picked up there. Um, Dan Robson was kind of kicking around at Gloucester. Gloucester he's a scrum off. Wasn't really doing a lot. He'll probably make the England squad now. Mm. As a third, you know, third possibly second choice in there. So. Um, he's clearly got a very coherent way of how he wants to play. Everybody's very comfortable with the ball in hand, and I think he's picked the players he's picked and signed kind of reflect that. So he's got a kind of clear idea of how he likes the game to kind of be played. Um, so, uh, like I said, the likes of his son and the rest of the back row are all very comfortable with the ball in hand, um, and certainly all the backs are. So, yeah, I've been very impressed with him. I'd be surprised if you guys don't have a look post Gatland. Yeah. At him. His, his selection seems seems to be spot on, doesn't it, yeah. time and time again? And, and as you said, he's picked out players that some of these guys haven't been on like at the top of their yeah. game. Yeah. And he's whatever he's done and the other coaches, yeah, he's, and turned he's, them he's and, brought them through. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some of them have come through the sort of uh, Launchbury and sort of Daly have come through from sort of very young, like they're, they're you know they're they're sort of well known and sort of well touted now, but they 
sort of come from. Like Nathan Hughes will start at eight for yeah. England, and no one knew who he was until mm. he, yeah. we, he die young brought him in at Boss. I'd have no idea who he was playing before that, but and you, can, you know you he's can, got you an eye for these guys. Sort of, yeah, you can off six or seven. It's yeah. He's I think the only the only real kind of criticism of Die Young as Wasp Boss has been that oh right well you know now he's got the money it's kind of been made easy but yeah you know he's had, like you say he's had to steer them through a, a tough time and manage to get get them through yeah. that the man management as well with moving you know moving yeah. the club yeah there's, yeah there's there's so much around that as well because there'll be all the chat on the you know the training park and he's yeah absolutely uh, I know he's not the only person there obviously they've got a team but he's yeah. he's it's quite something, isn't it? Really? Yeah, to not really let it affect is. him. You know, yeah. I think it's. Um... No, I've been very impressed. I mean, obviously, as a Wasp fan, it'd be great to see us win stuff, but it would just be a really nice reward for him. He deserves that to get a you know a Premiership title or hopefully even maybe a, who knows a, a European Cup or something. He he deserves that because he's he's built that team and um, from very difficult times now into sort of you know yeah. Um, much uh, much more sort of successful both sort of um, on and off the pitch so yeah no um, yeah you'd be crazy not to have a look at him oh, there you go point. well uh, yeah I, I very much expect that you know he's just kind of right at the top of that shortlist I would uh, I would imagine just going to wrap up with a, with a bit of transfer news it's been quite a busy week on um, on that front uh, someone we've mentioned already we'll just quickly kind of finish up Steph Evanstein's new contract for Scarlet's yeah, Scarlet's fans will be delighted with that. Yeah, we will. I'd, in true kind of Welsh fashion, someone um, tweeted me back straight away and we broke that news and went, oh, good, we didn't expect, to, expect him to join an English club in two years then, which is, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, a kind of sorry state of where we are, really, isn't it? That yeah. we just can't compete with the, that kind of money. Someone who has joined an English club uh, this year is, uh, sorry, this week is Sam Underhill. So Osprey's open side's gone, uh, signed a contract with Bath. Very good sign in there. I was uh, I was saying this to you because you've not you've not seen a huge amount of it. No, I haven't. Um, I'd seen a lot of the press that had kind of built up. It sort of last season, I guess it was, and so I was just like, it was one of those people. You sort of, oh, I've heard the name, and obviously, um, England wise, we haven't had a lot of out and out sevens um, kicking around recently. So it's like, oh, I need to have a look out for this guy. I think he's been injured, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not um, made, yeah. So he's not made that I've, much. I've, this year. I've not really seen much, but yeah, I mean, great if. You know, from our point of view, from an England point of view, if Bath have got hold of him, fantastic. I um, I genuinely think, and I'm full of bold predictions. So I genuinely think he will be England's starting open side by this time next year. I tip, wow. I tip him to be really to be exactly Great. the same. Yeah. He's that he's that good. Yeah, and you know he's probably he's too good to be playing second fiddle to Tipperick at the Ospreys yep. when they've got kind of other cover in those positions. He's frighteningly good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and no, I think he's yeah Excellent. he's a he's a real and he's 20 as well. Yeah. Got loads more to come out of him. So. Uh, I would expect to see him make that step up with ease. That's uh, exciting. Yeah, he looked, real, real he looked really good in the European games last year, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Real hard and bright boy. I think he's studying economics, isn't he, or something? Mm. But, uh, yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's, he's one to watch. He could still choose the USA as well. He's born <laughs> in the USA. He could choose them over right. over England. So we live in hope. Eagles. Hope, yeah. That's it, yeah. That's <laughs> guaranteed starting spot there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and moving a seamless segue over to the Americas... Um, Lucas Amorosino has been linked with a, a move to the Scarlets. Played for uh, Cardiff Blues for a little while in one of their dark periods under Mark Hammett as coach. Decent signing though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Jag- know. Jaguares or Jaguares or Jaguarez yeah. or however it is pronounced in true Spanish tongue have decided not to to keep him on. Yeah, a little bit of an odd, little bit of an odd signing. Though. Do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of see him slotting in as. 
um, he, a direct replacement for Van der Merwe. Yeah, well, he can't. He, he can't. He kind of it fits the uh, fits the, uh, the Scarlets um, style, isn't it? The way, the way in which they're looking to play. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I did. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, it's, it's not. Bit, yeah, it doesn't seem to be that uh, Scarlets fans are too excited about it. But um, you know, I think you're inevitably going to get injuries. I wouldn't necessarily have him as starting choice, but you know, uh, Liam Williams is, will be gone. Yeah. Van der Merwe will be gone. Yeah. So you know, yeah, you're going to need back three players in there. I think you could probably do worse than that, and and see kind of what the the next crop of talent's going to be coming through there too. Yeah. And what's uh, chap's name? Um, Chaps never played fullback uh, on the weekend. For Johnny McNichol. Johnny. What the hell was he doing at fullback? Yeah, he was. He's uh, a really good winger, but he looked like he'd never he, played fullback he, he before. Looked, he looked completely, uh, completely at sea. It's so it? weird what, yeah. what, when you've got Liam Williams and pushed him out yeah. to the wing. He was all over the shop, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's a good player as well. He's a really good player. He just didn't look like a fullback. No. Why you wouldn't just slot Liam Williams in? Who was on the other? Was did Steph Evans start? I can't remember um, who was on the other wing, but it was someone who'd played fullback. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. They had a number. They 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 could have played. They could have played either of those two. Yeah, um, a bit of an odd one. Yeah, that was that was a strange. Yeah, that was a strange one. Didn't he? And a, another ex Scarlet who won't be returning to Wales. Owen Williams moves from Leicester to Gloucester. Yeah, massive, massive paycheck. He'll be able to buy a lot of fake tan and when he would have to, <laughs> Was it four hundred grand or something? Four hundred grand is yeah is the Jeez. is the move. That's some serious money. That's a big wage, isn't it? There's, there's no region could compete with that. No, I would be surprised if any of the starting fly halves for. Uh, for Wales are on that. Yeah. Any of the you know any of the uh, any of the Welsh regional flyers yeah. are on that. Yeah, good. Good player, though, isn't he? Good player, great player, yeah, and um, a good signing for uh, for the Cherry and Whitesley. Yeah, you uh, you seen much of Owen Williams or? Yeah, bits and pieces of him playing for um, Leicester, isn't he? He's, he's yeah, he look he looks a decent player. I mean, probably difficult, I guess, in terms of the national side for you guys because you've got a bit of talent there. But no, I think he's oh, definitely. I would I have him as my third choice. I think he's definitely got something. I'd have him in the squad as third choice and also have a look at playing him centre as well. I, I'm really yeah. impressed with him. And I was when he... Cause he played for the under-20s and was was really good um, in that side. They got to the final and um, he played in played in kind of a, in that side and then also was got a good run at the Scarlets when Priestland was injured. But Leicester, Leicester picked yeah, him yeah. up, so... Um, yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. I think it's a, that's a loss yeah, to not have in the squad. It might not be a bad idea giving him a, a, a crack at twelve. If you if you're looking to play him, you know, differently, you know, you want a more ball playing, you know, twelve and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he, he starts into that sort of Farrell, yeah, Farrell sort of mold, doesn't he? I think he's a bit more attacking than that yeah. as well. Actually, I think he's got good, you know, yeah, got good he's distribution got, and yeah, spots a gap. He's he's quite a quite a quite a big lump. Mm. Yeah, um, and yeah, I'd have him. I'd have him in there, but uh, he's picked up a an untimely uh, an untimely knock, injury, and you know, and it's exactly what happened. What is it? How long ago was it when he, he picked up a knock before? Didn't he? Yeah, he picked up a knock before. He got suspended just before the South Africa tour yeah. a couple of years ago, and yeah, it seems to have kind of a bad run of run of luck with that. But um, yeah, I don't think we're going to see him in the squad. I think they'll pick Hanscom as third choice just because he's on a dual contract and they've invested so much in him. You know, uh, I think he'll he'll probably get the nod there. Is I think he's going to be fit for the Six Nations. I'm basing it on that. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll be all right, won't he? He will. Um, right, it pretty much brings us to uh, brings us to a conclusion. Just uh, enough time to to finish with a couple of bits of housekeeping. As always, we ask for ask for reviews at this stage. Any coming in? Yeah. Oh yeah. So seen a couple of reviews. Well, funny enough, it follows on from the um, the Scotch egg compliment, which was very kind, um, which someone left on New Year's Day. So it's good to know that people are listening on on New Year's Day. 
or felt compelled to. Uh, I was hoping you would have provided a couple of Scotch eggs today. Who was that, Emlyn? Yeah. If it's talking about Scotch eggs, <laughs> it was. Do you know what? it wasn't Emlyn? But um, Emlyn is a guy who I uh, who Ollie knows, but I am desperate to get on this podcast because he is just a character and a half. Yeah. And um, and furthermore, I want to get his dad on as well. His dad Des is a is a is another very. Um, very knowledgeable rugby character, so I'm really keen to get them on. So yeah, if you're listening, Emily, answer your phone, you bastard. Um, <laughs> but following on from the Scotch egg thing, the, this review's come from Paulie Ham. So you know we've got another pork-based product. Yeah, I think yeah, I presume that's not his surname, but it says awesome podcast. Love listening to the show. Both Dan and Jed have extensive knowledge of the game. There you go. It's in writing now. You can't dispute it. And have great, great chemistry on the show, which makes it a joy to listen to. There you go. Lovely. Great chemistry, which is very nice. And, uh, and someone called RC Rugby has left us a review as well, saying really enjoying these, especially the John Taylor one. Keep it up, boys. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to the John Taylor one, John was, uh, uh, was kind enough to come in and, and have a chat with us just before Christmas. So have a, uh, a listen back to that really interesting guy. And, uh, yeah, leave us a review if you get a chance because it helps us uh, to become uh, more easily discoverable. So, yeah, do drop us a review on iTunes. And, as always, if you want to get in touch, uh, at Attacking Scrum on Twitter or uh, like us on Facebook as well and the one final thing to finish on is you know we've been doing this from this studio for um, for a couple of months now we think it I kind of feel like it really deserves a name do you know what I mean I feel mm. like it it, yeah. it deserves a, a name so I'd like kind of fans to to drop us a line with what we should call the studio so I'm thinking of the kind of players we could we could name it after so early front runners are um, are the Marty Holler suite because yeah. uh, again I've I've bored the arse off Ollie about how good Marty Holler is over the over he's the years. Brilliant, though, isn't he? He, he was though. I was he, seriously he, he great player. He was, yeah. I mean, he's just the Kiwis love doing this, don't they? They just send people over here who you know who who walk into any other team but can't get a sniff for some reason, you know, because Richard McCaw, whoever's kicking, yeah. whoever yeah. he was, kicking whoever around, he was, yeah. yeah, kicking around playing seven instead. But yeah, no, yeah, any other nationality. Yeah. If he was yeah, any exactly, other nationality, yeah, yeah, he'd have a hundred caps. But uh, yeah, so Mighty Holler Sweet. I'm also thinking about the Mike Rayer arms. Just you know, Mike, Mike, yeah, we're going on a Mike Rayer all day. Um, so yeah, let us know your suggestions for uh, for players we should name the studio after. You'll have to have a think about that one, Dan, as well. I know. Yeah, I'm just no, I'm just thinking. I've, I've just about survived through this. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. The last don't, thing don't, you want is to go on a Mike Rayer, isn't it? <laughs> don't ask me anything. Yeah. But yeah, drop us a note with uh, with your suggestions, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.